dear HIC family, welcome back to our Hotelcast, the hospitality audio experience. Since the greater part of people working within the hospitality industry are women, they feel quite underrepresented not only on the conference stages, but also in leadership positions. This panel will discuss strategies to overcome this inequality and help position all those women who are not only talented, but also skilled and experienced. We can't emphasize enough the importance of this topic and invited some of the most influential and talented women in the industry to our Coco Coco main stage to speak out and raise their voices. Ladies, have fun on our main stage, powered by Duetto. Welcome, welcome to this panel for the next 35 minutes, because I think five minutes were taken away from the panel before, which was great because it was a great discussion. So 35 minutes to come, and what we're going to talk about is female empowerment. As you can see, I'm uh, in company of four great ladies, four fantastic female representatives of our industry, the hotel industry. And I'd like to introduce them to you. My name is Leah Jordan. I'm co-founder of Tech Talk Travel, and I start off with Francisca. Francisca Altenrad is co-founder and managing director at Tutaka. You probably just uh, followed the prior panel where you've already contributed as well. You say about yourself, you're a sustainability professional, focusing on the supply chain and hospitality industry, which is super interesting, and not our topic here today, but you're also a company owner, so you founded Hutaka 2018, which is a young company, so you made your experience already, you have a team you're overlooking, and for everyone, just to give you the context on Tutaka, just to be straight here who we're talking to, is a marketplace for sustainable procurement for the hospitality industry. Enough about that. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Then we have Anna. We have Anna Hoyer. Anna Hoyer is Managing Director of HSMA Germany. HSMA Germany is one of the leading associations in the German-speaking market for revenue management distribution. You all should know them. If you don't know them, look them up. And Anna is uh, with HSMA now since 2020. And before that, she was for eight years with Boom, who's a hotel group um, that has a very special approach to company culture and inclusivity. So I think you have great contributions to share with us today in this panel. And then we have Sabine, Sabine Reise. Sabine Reise is for, founded her own company almost 17 years ago, you said? Yes. Yeah, so you can hear there's some industry experience here on the stage. She doesn't look that way, but there's some years. So she founded EasyRealm back then, and then they merged in 2019-20 with All Seated, who's a, um, a MICE technology provider for virtual spaces and hybrid events and virtual events. So thank you for joining us well. Thanks for having me. Yes, and then I'm not going to say it, but you are, right, with 20 years. The shortest. The shortest. <laughs> the shortest. The most Scandinavian of all of us here. <laughs> no, it's Linda Wallner. Linda Wallner is Vice President of Business Development at Protel, um, a leading PMS provider in the hotel industry that most of you are probably familiar with. And Linda, you've been in the industry for more than 20 years. And not only the hotel industry, in a very particular segment in the hotel technology space, which I think is super interesting to look at, right? So it's... That's a nice mixture of ladies we're having up here. And as we look at the topic female empowerment, there's a lot of opinions out there, there's a lot of data, a lot of statistics, there's a lot of um, movements, but in the end, it's very much about how are the individual experiences, right? And that's what I want to start with. And in the pre-conversation we had with these four ladies, which took us almost like 45 minutes because we couldn't stop, <laughs> 
But Linda pointed out a very interesting point, and I'd like to kick this off with you, because you said there's a, there's a very different experience for each woman, depending on what stage in her career she's at, what she's experiencing, and what challenges or opportunities she's facing. So could you share with us, what, what, what was your point with that, when you pointed that out in the pre-conversation? Well, it's exactly like you say. Women uh, go through different stages in their career. They start out, they might advance, they might choose not to advance in their career. Uh, we have kids, we take a break, or we don't have kids, and so on. From a personal perspective, the first part of my career was fantastic. I was young, I didn't face, I didn't feel I had any challenges about being a woman. I knew I had to work hard, but everybody has to work hard, especially when we're young and we want to go forward with career. When I was 30, I became, or I was so fortunate to uh, have the opportunity to become director of opera for Europe, Africa, Middle East. So this is probably the continent with the most patriarchal uh, areas. And that was the first time, and I was still very young, right? Only 30 years old. That's 15 years ago. The world has changed a lot since then. It was a Nasdaq company. There was only male in the management team. I was the only woman outside HR and marketing in a director role. And that was the first time where I really started to feel that there was something going on. There was something different. I am personally convinced that it's better today because there are more females in management roles and there is more visibility. But I'm also convinced that we are very far away from where women feel comfortable in such kind of roles. The good news is <laughs> the older you get, the easier it gets, right? It's like with so many other things. I don't know if it's the experience that we get, if we stop caring so much or what it is, but it certainly gets easier. And I feel that now I have, in the last years, also gained a very good insight in how to tackle uh, the, this case of, of, uh, of females or, or quotas, if you will, and what my view is on how we can improve that for the future. So those are the three stages, I would say, and I think it depends on where you are in the world, it depends on who you are and what your ambitions are, and it certainly depends on who you are surrounded with. Right, thank you, Linda. And um, then, I'm, because you also have more than 20 years' experience in the industry, so I want to hear your opinion in a second. But before that, I'd like to ask you, Anna, in a brief statement, how would you describe your own personal experience in relation to this whole topic around female leadership? How was that for you personally in your, on your career path? Yeah, I'm the lucky one because I never had any bad experiences. And this is quite good, but um, maybe I have to go through my life a little bit. And um, I was grown up very sheltered on a very small island in the North Sea. And um, <laughs> you know each other. And it's not a lie, just... <laughs> yeah, not a lie. <laughs> it's really nice there. Not a lie. Um, and when you, when you grow up like this, uh, there's no, not so much space uh, to be treated unpleasant or something. Then I, I moved to Dusseldorf, and yeah, that, there was a, a role in a, in a hotel, Hotel Nico Dusseldorf was my, my first um, career step. Um, I did my training there, and I was working there for six years, and yeah, I was meeting, uh, I, I met several crazy people there, but it doesn't touch me, so it doesn't hit me that uh, hard. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Um, 
And then I uh, moved to, to Obstalsboom, as Leah just said, and there's Bodo Jansen, maybe some of you know him. Um, he promotes a very special way of working and um, a way of respectful and valuable way of working together. And there is no room for inequality. And that's what I felt, and yeah, I appreciated that very much. Right, I see. And Francisca, for you, like founding your own company with a female co-founder, right? So you're two women leading a company, um, also with a very new topic, I'd say, for our industry. I mean, it has been around for some years, but in hospitality, it's picking up. What's your personal experience? How would you describe that? Um, yeah, well, I, I think I had certain moments of kind of uh, awakening. So basically, I started my career in the automotive industry, which is also not known for um, having a lot of uh, women in there. And um, then I moved from there to fashion and then finally uh, hospitality. And I think I, I back then I did not um, see certain things that I would have a different perspective on right now. So basically you start and you just, you take everything as normal, right? And then in, I think, especially recent years with uh, Me Too scandal and the general broader discussion around that topic, I also started to see like, holy shit, we're living in a world which is highly male coded and um, which is, uh, yeah, which is the case and where I'm now starting to, yeah, just to see things differently and obviously we are also trying to bring those insights into our own company, um, even though it's a small team, but um, yeah. We're how, very, how big is the team? What, what size are we talking? Eight, eight, eight people, people right. right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're trying to bring it in. My, um, my co-founder, for example, just had a, uh, had a baby last year. And that was the first time also we were, um, yeah, we had to do with, with such a situation. And we built a whole structure around that, which I think was, uh, was great and a great experience for, for all of us. But um, yeah, I think that the experience I had back then and the experience from the perspective I have now are very, very uh, different. Right. I'd love to dive into that a bit more later on in the conversation. Conversation. And for you, Sabine, with 20 years plus experience, pointing this out again, time. because it doesn't look that way at all, if, if you agree with me. <laughs> I mean, but you is also special, right? It's similar with, as with Linda. So you're very unique examples because you're also in the tech space. It's not, yes. right? So you founded your own tech company yes. in an industry that's highly male-driven and has been probably even more back then. How was it for you? Uh, yes, exactly. So um, for me, actually... I want to go one step back. When I was invited on this on this panel, really on on this topic, female empowerment, I was like, okay, why did they ask me? And uh, what what is this topic about? You know, I really because it never appeared in my life, not for one day in my life. I really have to say that, not for one day. I felt inferior. I felt any other than uh, than the the, ma the male around me. But that was um, because I was always. Um, um, Working, I started my business really early, and I was in a tech industry. And the the moment I started my business, I was by myself, you know. And uh, I I grew the team, and we started the team, and we started to build a culture. And this culture was all around um, my person, sure, because I started it. Like you you know that. So um, so we build a we build a culture in the company, which is basically. Um, empowered by what I do because I'm, I'm the, the, the role model there um, all the time. I can't help it because I'm the, the leader of the, of the pack, really. So, and then we merged with a company, which is an international company, an international startup, with a very influential co-founder, um, a woman as well. So that again showed me, okay, 
yeah, there are women out there and, and you're just going to go your way. You have, you're a strong woman and uh, you're achieving what you want to do. So really, we were, um, I was really a little bit surprised to be on this panel, but then digging deeper and then thinking about the, you know, the 20 years that I've, uh, I've worked in this business, sure, there were situations where you would be sitting in a room with whatever, 20 males, male persons, <laughs> and, uh, or, or, or other managers in the room, and, and uh, even being young, you would have to work twice as hard, you would have work to um, um, reason with them twice as hard, and you would have to explain it, you have to be, have a very profound view on things, and really be, um, be straightforward with them. And uh, many times, um, it, qu it didn't quite work out, you know? And this is, this is what, I, what I'm taking with me for now to, to build my team, and whenever we hire um, uh, women, that's, that's, that's what, I, what I try to give, or to, to, to give them, them back, is that um, to, to really empower them and, and um, take a little bit more of the risk that they, that they would usually take, and, um, and just be themselves and um, feel comfortable in what they do. Right. Thank you. And I mean, now when we, when we just listen to what you've said, it's, it's mostly you're saying, I wasn't too impacted. I see the differences. And if you look at the statistics, that's quite different, right? That paints a different picture. And it's quite a frustrating exercise, if you ask me, because <laughs> um, cu currently we have 70% of our industry's workforce is women. But still, we only have 17% business leaders that are female on executive level. And we only have 6% who are CEO level or C-level, who are women. And that's, for example, based on a European Women on Board study conducted 2020, so it's very recent numbers. So it's, uh, and it even got worse now based on the um, pandemic, the recession. So there's people calling it a she-session, especially in America, for example, where they don't really have the employment protection that we have in Europe, in European countries. But there, um, they say 55% of the overall people leaving the workforce was women. And even worse for women that were colored or from different other ethnical backgrounds. So there's a huge problem there which is not only that females are leaving the industry, it's actually talent leaving the industry, where we are at all looking at a very difficult situation there. And then another problem I want to point out, which is a fact, which is proven in many countries across the world, is the pay gap, right? The gender pay gap, that's a fact. There's nothing we can, uh, we can pay pretty, that's there. And if I just cite the data of OECD, it's a very recent uh, 2020 report as well. It's an average of 13.5% that women have less wages for the comparable positions. So that's frustrating, right? Because if you listen to that, it sounds, okay, it was, it's, maybe we're also looking at it from a privileged position. So the question I want to pose, and I start with you, Linda, is what is the reason then that we don't have equal ratio of women in C-level positions and senior executive positions? Wow, that's such an easy question. Yeah, I know. I have the answer to the reason for that. No. Now you know why you were invited. <laughs> no, I think there, the question is so complex, right? right? It really depends where you are from, which right. country you're in. I always feel very fortunate to have been born in Scandinavia. And the older I get, the more respect I have for Scandinavian men because they are the ones that have enabled the equality in Scandinavia that I have had luck to grow up in. Uh, it's not about that, in my humble opinion, it's not about quotas or, or driving polarization between the genders. It is about us together creating a diverse, respectful environment. And it's not about women. Women is just one part of society. 
when we create an environment and the CEOs, and you, you pointed out these figures, Leah, but it concerned women, it would also be good to know how many colored, how many gays, how many of others minorities, because women are still often being considered minorities, right? That's really hilarious. <laughs> um, but um, uh, she disapproves. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but I think uh, that when we look at it from this perspective, which is my preferred way mm -hmm. to look at it from diversity, then the magic will happen. Right. Yeah. Francisca, what's your point of view? What do you think is the, what is the challenge there? Why don't we have more women in C-level positions? Well, I think, first of all, it's that the reason why we don't have more, more women in uh, C-level uh, top management positions is because they're dropping out along the way. And then the question is, why do they drop out? And I think there are several uh, answers to that, obviously. And I think one very, um, yeah, one very obvious one are the working structures that we have. So the question, where do we work? How much do we work? When do we work? And I think, so flexibility of work could be a, a major game changer for, for many women. But apart from those, let's say, hard uh, facts, I think they're also softer ones, which have to do a lot with culture. So to create an environment which is non-threatening for women, and I know that's a big word, but I also know that, I mean, in my own experience, but also in other women's experience, we go through many situations at work which have these tendencies of being slightly threatening, like whether it's being in a room alone with a lot of men, whether it's being in a dark uh, meeting room and waiting for someone. And I think we really need to acknowledge that, that it's, uh, that it's a certain, certain system which uh, for women can be um, threatening and disadvantaged disadvantaging, and so that's, I think, what needs to be worked upon. Right. Anna, what would you say? What is the barriers to career advancements, advancement for women in our industry? I was thinking about that a long time, um, and uh, honestly, I don't know. The only thing what I, what I think is maybe women are like understatement, and they are not, they, they prove themselves before dropping into a new position. Or so you're saying there's a, a different role. behavior in how they approach... Yes, Business? to their own and to the others as well. So, like, like yeah, they are like, okay, just, I, I'm, I'm watching about that and just seeing how it works and maybe I can't do that, let me prove myself, and then I go into this position. That leads to a nice point that I want to use a segue for, and I think you can add to that, is that there's, a, there's this discussion about female versus male skills. What's your take on that, Sabine? Is there, is there a difference in the skill set that a man brings and a woman to the business? Uh, for sure, for sure. And it's, I mean, it's proven there are books about it, um, how men enter a room in a, in a presentation or situation, for example, how they take in the room or, and, and how women do. And, and I think it's, um, it's like you said, it's, we're, we are, we are questioning our, uh, our, our move, every movement that we make, we're questioning uh, it in, in every perspective all the time. So, and that makes us in, more insecure Uh, but on the other hand, it makes us also, um, uh, that's, a, that's a very valuable um, fact that you bring to the table because you grow by questioning yourself, by, by questioning processes and all of this. So it's something that's very uh, valuable, but we don't see it as valuable. We question each other or ourselves. And that's something that men probably feel on the other side. And then uh, it's, uh, it's a way of seeing us in a, in a little bit more insecure way. And I think we can both learn a lot from one another. 
and um, very much so um, to, to really, uh, and that's something what's what happens throughout the years if you're in the business for, for a long time. You adapt things, you, you see that and you adapt things that men do <laughs> and then you maybe um, um, change you don't want to change too much, but you change in the perspective. But is this a good thing? Is this, is, hmm? this, is this a good thing? Is this something you should um, seek to do? Uh, no, you should change, but it just... Um, and it's, I'm, I'm meaning, uh, what I mean is that in a positive way, to, mm -hmm. to take these skills that men bring to the table and just um, use it for your own personal advantage. Anna, you want to... I, I, I wanted to add, I, I think these skills, these soft skills, women, most of the women have, this is perfect for this world of new work. We are talking about mm -hmm. that in a panel later on. And I think we are in a good way with our skills, so with these female skills, for this new work area. Well, there's, there's some studies on that we need more, less directive leadership styles in times of uncertainty, right? And if I remember well, when I talked to you, Linda, you very much about the point which is important. You said, but we're here for business, right? This is a business case. So for the bottom line, how important is that for your business that there's this diversity execute, that we achieve this, that there's an equal <coughs> parity? Yeah. So, so I personally have, uh, have an issue with uh, favoring women or, or, or discussing this skill or this that. In this context of the conversation, we are hired by whoever or, or we are paid by our customers to do a job. And we're supposed to do deliver results. It doesn't matter if you're pink or blue or whatever you are. This is why we're here. How do we produce great results? Right? And this is where your figures are really important. So when you have diversity in the figures with females, it does show that the results are better. Uh, so I think it, it speaks for itself. So I, I find it really, women and men and all kinds of people bring different things to the table. The most dangerous thing that I uh, look at it from my perspective is when I have a group of people that are too homogenic. Because then all what they do is confirm each other. It doesn't matter if they're all men or if they're all women. The women would do the same. They would just confirm each other. But if I have a diverse group, it enriches every participant in the group. And together, they create innovation or magic and strength. Right. What you're saying is also in line with the recent McKinsey finding, who shows that companies that have more than 30% of women in their teams, they outperform all the other companies that have less than 30% of women. And it also applies to companies that have just a few women compared to none in the team. So that's a fact. It drives bottom line. Something I find interesting is um, because that is important, we understand. We understand, understand there's a disparity. We understand it's different for each of us, how we experience it. And we do it also, we judge it from a privileged position, I'd say. We, we are in a privileged, I mean, we're standing up here, right? We're standing on stage. But for you, Francisca, when you, you're growing a business, you're growing your business not only for, you, you're very passionate about this topic. So how do you make sure that you have a diverse company culture? Now, everything I say comes from someone who has a team of eight women. Um, okay. <laughs> that, oh, that's that not very diverse. So only women. Um, before, yeah, so I, I think uh, diversity, as uh, Linda pointed out, I mean, means so much more than, uh, than gender, obviously. And we also went through our fair share of experiences with a, a two homogenic team, perhaps, and then also diversifying a bit more. I think um, what I was saying earlier, I think number one is uh, flexibility of work, just to make 
make sure that people have the flexibility to work from different places, to work in different times. And I mean, even perhaps, and that's something that I also personally find very challenging, the whole des discussion around how many hours of work should be the standard. And I am someone, I don't think I'll ever work less than those 40 hours, probably rather more, but I completely understand the discussion. It's just also that obviously I also grew up in a certain culture where you know, work was a very important part of who I am. Work means a lot to me and defines a lot of who I am. And so um, I think it, it really needs a broad discussion with different points of views uh, on that. And we're trying to do our part on that. And then it's also, uh, as I said, culture-wise, I think it's very important to stop women um, to, to behave like men, to become like men, because the male is the ideal in the work environment that we operate in currently, um, which hopefully will change with uh, new work. And uh, we need to find a way where we really learn from each other, but not only us learning from men and adapting in the best way possible and thus making a career and being privileged. I mean. It perhaps means that our privilege is being very, very able to adapt, great. And I think that's a little sad, um, but also a little true. And um, yeah, I think there are many ways to, to uh, incorporate a culture which is a little different from that. Linda, at ProTel, I mean, you have huge teams, right? And they, they, they operate in various markets. How do you make sure that your teams are diverse? So I think just on the male skill, I have met so many amazing men in my life who have taught me so much, and I admire them for that. And with that few women having experience on sea level, where else should women look for experience? Of course we should look at male and their skills. Of course, it should enrich us as humans. It doesn't mean we have to you know, stand up and pee. It just means we take, you know, sorry for <laughs> the joke, example. right? But we should appreciate each other's skills and use all the valuable things that men is not the enemy, the male role model is not bad. They're cool. There are some bad, but there's bad women too. So you asked me about ProTel. So for me, my experience and what I've learned um, is that this very good German expression, the fish sticks from the head, right? So I have the fortune uh, to, be, to manage a group of directors. So I, I've hired the most of these directors and they have teams under them. I have one Arab, I have a British, I have a Dutch, I have Italian, I have a German, I have a gay, I have women. And together, I tell you, females is a non-topic. It's a non-topic with us. What we talk about is the business. Because this group of people, they want to deliver the best to customers. They want to deliver the best to their employees. They are great in HR. They help each other. And they recruit accordingly. So what comes under them follows what they themselves mirror themselves in. So when they look at each other, when we sit in that group and we look at each other, that's what happens, right? That's diversity. So 
my humble opinion, but I'm, I'm very uh, convinced that this is the way forward. I'm convinced in embracing each other's skills because we can learn from each one of us. We can learn from patriarchal cultures. We can learn from all these different communities with all the letters which I can never not remember. But we learn from each other and that's what makes us richer and that's how empowerment of all of us starts, including young men. If right. I may just say so. Yeah. Thank you, Linda. And I'm looking at the, at the time. We have five minutes left, so there's many topics we didn't cover that we wanted to cover. We, we're not going to make it. So there's topics like, do we need an external imposed quota to make this change? What do we do with rigid companies where there is actually a male-coded environment? How do we change that? Because obviously we're looking at best practice examples, not really the comparison. So to close this panel, first of all, I want to check with Maike, Maike Schmidt from Hotelbird, who is actually managing our chat. Is there any questions from the audience? Yes. Yeah, come over here. Great. Please, everyone, meet Maike. We have a microphone. We do, right? Another awesome right. lady. Sorry? Another awesome lady. Another awesome lady, right. <laughs> Is it switched on? Come on stage, right? Stage? Yes. Stage? Yeah. Come on stage, please. Hi. So everyone meet Maike. Maike Schmidt from Hotel Bridge. So another nice fab lady of our industry. Go ahead. What's Thank the you. questions? So yeah, there are actually some questions about what's, what's the uh, mood and the vibe right here in the audience. So first of all, there was this question like how many males are in the audience right now listening to this panel? And I said, it's a little bit hard to say because we have a lot of stuff going on meanwhile. 18, so. <laughs> 18. But I think this is not all male <laughs> attendees here in the audience. Um, yeah, it's a hard question to answer. Um, how would you answer, like one, one key word of each of you, the, how is the atmosphere? 50-50. What's? It's quiet. Equal. It's quiet. I would say equal. Equal? Quiet? Diverse. I think I have Diverse. seen some really happy That's an interesting faces keyword, on the ladies, and I have seen some gentlemen nodding, and I really appreciate the gentlemen nodding, because that means that, you know, they are the enablers here. Yeah, so keep, keep nodding. Yeah. yeah. And actually, there was again a, a similar question, so it right. was not directly a question to you girls, but um, what's the percentage of women on the main stage today? And we quickly um, made an overview about that. And we think it's 30% female speakers on the main stage. 30? Yeah, maybe there could be more. Future. Of course, I mean, but you heard the facts, right? We, I mean, there is a disparity. Speak up. The question. We actually we discussed this beforehand because we said, okay, now, and Leah is coming across this problem all the time, trying to find women that actually want to be on stage, because it's the same risk that you're taking. Uh, going into um, business negotiations, it's the same risk that you're taking going on stage. You, you, you. And I think we also discussed that this is outside our comfort zone, it is, right? It is, it is. They're not feeling we comfortable, just for the record. This topic. <laughs> but, but it doesn't seem that this is not your comfort zone, Linda. It's because I'm much older. Oh, this is why. And she's Scandinavian okay. too. Learn to fake it better. <laughs> you acquire a few male skills, and then you can talk about anything. Yeah. No have problem. The, have the poker face. Just the poker face. <laughs> Mike, was another so, question. Yeah. Yeah, th that's basically it. I, that's I don't know if there's something happened uh, since I've, I'm here on the stage, but um, yeah, that's that's mainly it. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, girls. It was fun. I mean, we have now we have two minutes left. No, it's one. The takeaways. 
So what's your giveaway, Linda? What, oh, I really want to say this. Will you wrap it nicely in red paper? Yes. For the... I really want to say this. I want, if, you know, what can, we, what can any one of us all change? I have one wish, and it's for the men. Please take paternity leave. <laughs> Three reasons. First of all, for you. Spend time with your kids. Number two, kids that spend time with their dads become better people. And number three, by taking paternity leave and making it more common, the discrimination in the hiring process for women is also reduced. So that's my wish. More. I couldn't agree more, really. No, I, I actually, I, I, th I think we should leave it at this. <laughs> okay. Uh, may, maybe add maybe something? Just, just one little thing to add um, for young people, young young women coming into the business. Um, just, just. Um, do, do stuff that you want to do, like everything else that you want to that, that you want to really achieve and you want to proceed. And uh, what what I think is most important is that you feel comfortable in. The, um, in this uh, surrounding that where you're hired and, and where you're working at and with the company that you're at. So and find, your, find your right fit environment. Yes, yes, and then in this environment you will be able to grow, you will be able to uh, innovate and, and, and really grow as a person. Real quick, anything to add? Um, yeah, for me, I just set myself the task uh, to empower everybody, and not only women, not only young people, not only older people, or whatever. And um, it's like with the communication; it's not possible, not possible not to lead. So you always lead anybody, and um, just prove it in yourself, and just keep it in mind. Love it. Thank you, Francisca. You want to add something too? Well, I think it's time to end patriarchy because I think at the end of the day, it's not serving anyone, like neither women nor men, and we have to well, work together and learn from each other. Right. Thank you so much. It was really fun. Thank you. Thank you, Leah.